Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Scott Docterman from The Athletic. Mr. Monday night, uh, about 10 minutes before noon. A double dip tonight, Tennessee Buffalo. The Vikings are in Philadelphia. We'll see what Mr. Monday night's got in store for both of those two. Right now, you heard the music. means it's Monday. We recap what we saw this past weekend. Bama Bob, Trent and I go around college football. Hello, Bama. Another week in the books. How are you? I'm not looking forward to my Titans and Buffalo tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten point dog. Although um, uh, I, I wow. think they'll keep it snug. But what am I? No, I was one and four again this past weekend. <laughs> it's been brutal. So let's get into college football, Bama, as we go around it. Uh, we won't probably get to Notre Dame, but just real quick, what, what's going on there? They they struggled. If it would have should, yeah. Cal might have won that game. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel bad for Marcus Freeman. Look, he's got a great recruiting cast. I think he's got the number one recruiting class for next year. Um, but, you know, those things are always subject to change, you know, and transfers and everything else. But something's not quite right. I don't – I don't. and it wasn't really broken when Kelly left. You know, it's not like it was, you know, a decline or, a, you know, it was spiraling or whatever. He just left. And I don't know what he's trying to change or if there's a talent drain or whatever, but uh, he's – I'm happy he won that game. I'm a big fan of his. I think he was the. I, I'm glad he got the job. I think he, you know, kind of deserved the job. But man, you know, like you said, and they're not playing, you know, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Well, they did play Ohio State, but I mean, they're keeping games close that really shouldn't be close. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they got some big ones coming up that that are going to be tougher. So I I don't know what exactly is happening there, but you're right. Um, Cal had a chance, a couple chances, uh, and a bounce here or there, a play here or there, and uh, that game could have turned out a lot differently. And and then it really would have gotten ugly for him. And and I'm glad they won, and maybe they can build on it. But some something's not right. I just I can't put my finger on it. I think the quarterback's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they really, you know, with, uh, I don't think they are. They're not. It's not the worst quarterback play. I think that might be down here in Auburn, but um, <laughs> it, it's just it's just not a it's not an explosive type of offense right now, and they're having to rely too much on their defense, and that's not a great defense this year. So he's got some work to do, but uh, hopefully he'll be given time to work that out. I think he will, uh, and he'll get some help in there. Let's. Uh, in the, oh, the recruiting classes here. Well, as he mentioned, you got a great class coming in. So let's get uh, let's uh, start our look. Uh, Trent, we'll start in the Big Ten. Uh, your takeaway or takeaways from what you saw in the Big Ten this past week? I can't wait till uh, Michigan actually has to play somebody. And yeah, me too. I don't know if it's going to be this week against Maryland or the next week against Iowa. But when it happens, I'm excited to see what that is. The West is an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. It is. Bad, bad, bad football all the way around. And somebody's got to play Ohio State or Michigan in that championship mm. game. And is Penn State going to have something to say about this? Ooh, they're 3-0. and 
That running game with the freshman yeah. running backs that they yep. have, they look completely different here. Clifford is Clifford. He's still going to make some mistakes, but he can make plays with his legs. Had that great catch mm-hmm. on the throwback play. Really love the design of that play. Penn State may be trending the right way. Well, it's good that potentially they'll give the two heavy heads a, a bit of a fight at right. some point for at least part of the game. Uh, hopefully the entire 60 minutes. Uh, Bama, your takeaway on the uh, on the Big Ten? Yeah, the Penn State game was interesting, and we get to Auburn later uh, when we get to the SEC. But you're right; those two running backs, I think, are going to be good, and they're going to be good for a while. And I'm I I watched a lot of that game, and I did like some of the play design too. And there was one little kind of toss sweep where normally you think it's going left, and they toss it back, and they you know they kind of pull a counter move to the right. There's just a lot of interesting play design, and Manny Diaz knows how to run a defense, guys. Yes. And they lost a lot off of that defense. And and it might say more about Auburn, and again, we'll get to them later, but they pushed Auburn around at the line of scrimmage and on both sides of the ball. I mean, they had four turnovers, um, six sacks, and 11 tackles for loss against Auburn in Auburn. And that was a, that was a crowd that was fired up for a while, and they just took them totally out of the game. They... I, you're right. I don't know how good they are, but they've got some talent, and I think they're going to be really good in the next couple of years. But those two freshmen, this was kind of their coming out party, and they're going to play better defenses uh, as they go along. So, um, but yeah, they they're going to at least be a threat, I think, to the to the two big guys uh, in there. You know, uh, Nebraska didn't get the bounce that I think we kind of thought. I don't know what's wrong with Northwestern. I mean, my God, you win in Iowa, now you lose at home to Southern Illinois. Um, that was a bad loss. I felt bad for Purdue. Uh, although your boy Charlie Jones is uh, really, I think we can now see why he left up. Yeah, he is. Um, good win for Maryland. I mean, they're 3-0. and Don't look now, but the Terps are 3-0. and A good win over a, a pretty good SMU team. And they had to so come from behind right. to do it. Yeah. They did, and, and Tagovailoa is, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, well, look, you mentioned the West, too, and, and it is a mess. Uh, I don't know who the best team is. Is it Wisconsin? Is it Iowa? Hey, Iowa scored 27 points. Look at there. Um, Minnesota lost their receiver. Now they're going to try to get a seventh year of I eligibility. I bet they do. Is that crazy? They probably will. Yeah. I mean, this kid's going to be 30 when he graduates. But, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, good for him if he can get it. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it, the West, but – um Michigan State, I think uh, we saw mm-hmm. maybe kind of what, you know, that was maybe expected, and we can talk about Washington a little bit uh, later. But, yeah, uh, interesting times. At some point, we got to start getting real games in the Big Ten, I guess, is what, is what we're all Ooh, need to be. Thank God there. that we're at that point, that, that non-cards yeah. behind us. Because we th- this week three, it's just, you know, get to it. I mean, more people yeah. are interested. Get get to the good games. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see Toledo lose by 50. UConn lose yeah, by 60. Yeah, why was that 60. game on Fox? That's ridiculous. That's a, it's Ohio State. Is that, is that what get, it was? They get numbers. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and what else are you going to put on there, I guess, this week? But, you know, Oklahoma, Nebraska, we thought might have some juice. It did for a while. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, yeah, five minutes, and then, you know, Oklahoma runs off 49 points. So, yeah. Big 12, fellas, uh, Trent, your takeaway. Uh, In the Big 12, well, we talked about Kansas quite a bit at the top. Mm -hmm. Just being down again 14-2 and and making that comeback and then really just coasting into the victory against a Houston team. I thought we were going to be pretty good. Willie Fritz at Tulane beating Kansas State. How about that? After it was a perfect sandwich spot. You beat your old rival Missouri for Kansas State to look ahead to Oklahoma, obviously, this week. I like Tulane going into the game getting two touchdowns, but... 
Never outright win. And climbing after the game, talking about Martinez. He's not turning it over. That's a step forward. But, you know, I think they've worked him so hard to get that out of him. They've gone too far. Throwing uh, short of the sticks time in and time out on third down. It was not a good performance. Though the statistics look good for Martinez, he left a lot out there on the field. I saw it at the very end. Finally realized it was on ESPN Plus and went back for, I think, the final couple of drives in the game. Wanted to see how it ended. Uh, yeah, that, that that's one of them. Obviously, the Kansas story's been terrific. Uh, Texas, they were down. I thought, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that uh, real, uh, almost, if it would have showed against Alabama, typical letdown, but they got it together late. Baylor rolled. Um, what else? Um, well, the injury at Texas Tech was just gruesome. Ramirez. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to tweet, and I thought, you know what? I'll just send it to Trent and Bam. I was watching it at the time. I we thought, needed that. What the hell yeah. is that? That's his bone yeah. for crying out loud. Yeah, um, that's his leg. It, it's just, it, was, it was nasty. Bama, your, ta- your takeaway on the Big 12. I mean, it's all Kansas for me. I mean, 3-0. and And they've got three home games now, guys. I mean, two of those wins are on the road. When's the last time Kansas won back-to-back road games? Because mm-hmm. uh, they won at West Virginia and they won at Houston. 2007, got, I believe. Is that what it was, yeah. 2007? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, is that Mangino or is that Mason? Who was that? I that was Mangino, yeah. Was it? Yeah. And so... Um, they got a quarterback, Bama. They've got a quarterback. Yeah, they do. Daniels can play. They got, they got Duke at home and then look out Iowa State. Uh, here's what I want to see. I want to see... Good crowds in Memorial Stadium for this team. I mean, especially when Iowa State comes in, because mm-hmm. that's a conference game. I don't want to see twenty five thousand. I mean, it be it would be really nice if they could get a little momentum and excitement around there. Because what they've done, I mean, they have just come from the bottom, and all of a sudden, three and zero back to back road wins. There's got to be some excitement around that program. I thought the win with Texas was good. I mean, I thought this was a classic. Let down game over Alabama I mean, after the win uh, or the close loss over Alabama. Um, you know, there just wasn't going to be as much juice in that game, no matter how, how you looked at it. And Bijan Robinson just did what he needed to do. And that's mm-hmm. a team that you should dominate at the line of scrimmage because you've got better athletes. You've got bigger ones, faster ones, stronger ones. And he goes for 20 and 183 and three scores. And that's, that's what you needed him to do. So I thought, I thought that was a good win because I thought that was a roadrunner team that. It was typical the coach goes in there and says, hey, all you guys who were recruited by Texas, raise your hand and no hands go up. And so that was kind of the card he was going to play. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those that I, I thought was a good win. Kansas State, that really disappointing loss. Not that Tulane's terrible, but, I mean, 10 points against that team is you got to do better than that. But to me, I mean, it's it's just Kansas is a story in the Big 12 right now. It'll probably fade a little bit, you know, as we go along. But we'll see. I don't know. Um I don't don't think they've got quite enough to really contend, but you know all you can do after three games is be three and zero, and that's what they are. Uh, let's do the ACC real quick. TC, ACC, you're, you're jumping to the ACC now. You were going alphabetical. Now you're switching back. You're just throwing me for a loop. ACC. How about Florida State being three and zero? Everyone's wanting Deion Sanders there. Everybody's mm-hmm. waiting for Norvell to fall on his face, and they get it done on Friday night. I thought that was really really impressive. This Malik Cunningham is a special kid for Louisville, is he not? He is. Oh my god. Yeah. And, so gifted. But also a mistake late in the game. That's true. And that's kind of yep. what you get with Malik Cunningham uh, throughout. Impressive pull away, too, from Clemson. They were nip-tucked there for a while against La Tech, and you guys keep waiting for Kublik to to take over that job. He was not good two weeks ago. 
I'm still not there. And with the way the schedule sets up, these next two weeks for Clemson are monsters. Wake When's Forest, the NC State game? The week after. Oof. So Wake Forest this week, yeah. then NC State. This is going to determine, is Clemson, are they back to that upper-tier level, or are they the team that we saw a year ago? Yeah, they're not in my top four. Bammy, your takeaway from the ACC? Well, first of all, I hope that that NC State game is in prime time because it really needs to be. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what. I haven't looked at the schedule on October first yet, but that has got uh, opportunity written all over it. If you're, if you're ABC, um, yeah. Listen, first of all, Florida State fans, they may have some delusion about wanting Deion Sanders to be their coach. They do not want Deion Sanders as their coach. I can promise you that. But that's a good win for them. Three and O. A and M new quarterback. Yeah, and, yeah, but still just, uh, you know, Miami's good, they're better, uh, but 17 points, I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the, the games that they still have on their schedule, that's just, it's not going to get it done. Um, but look, again, all you can do is is beat the teams ahead of you, so I think it it doesn't, you know, cure the Appalachian State loss, if you want to look at it. And, but how about how that about finish? That finish? By the way? Oh my God. Holy Moses, I watched that, and I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but I mean, good for them. And game day was there, and everything, and that 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 has got to be an all time high for that program mm. uh, after that. But um, look, NC State to me is still kind of the story. I know Clemson is the big dog, and they have been, and they will continue to be. Um, you mentioned the quarterback switch. I tend to agree, maybe not quite yet, but at some point, um, man, we just got to get a little bit better quarterback play. And and NC State, they just keep doing what they do. Good win over Texas Tech. Uh, pretty good, pretty good team. Wake Forest, again, we thought they were going to have a drop off. Three and O. Who have they played? Uh, Georgia Tech stinks. They might be the worst power five team out there. Other than Colorado. Um, Yeah, Colorado's got something to say about that. Oh, Colorado might, yeah, might want to seat at that table. But yeah, it's, um, look. I, I can't again let's let's get into some of these big games, you know, NC State, Miami, Clemson start playing each other and Florida State. Are they for real? That's a good win because you mentioned Cunningham and all the problems that he can cause. Mm-hmm. Uh and they just kept kinda answering it. And again, Louisville not a great defensive team, but um I just thought it was a I thought it was a good win for them and you know, again, after three games all you can be is three and oh and that's what they are. Let's go to the Pac-12, Trent Condon. Hey, what a bounce back for the Pac-12. After we were throwing huge, dirt on them, huge. Washington, they got Oregon. Coach. Oregon getting it done in that fashion against BYU. I think we all kind of like BYU going into the weekend. Arizona. A dominating performance. Now you're going to get that with Bo Nix. That's kind of what Bo <laughs> Nix is, right? And one the step experience. forward. But her remembers. Yeah. A, a hire that yep. was widely panned. Yep. I, I thought it was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard an athletic mm-hmm. director. Then it looked like we were wrong. Well, no, I never thought that. Because even with that early, quote-unquote, success, what were they, 8-4? It was never great. They had the offensive coordinators have those stupid titles. Remember that dumb thing that they did? They weren't even coordinators. I mean, just so much ineptitude there, and it ends up losing to Samson Evans, the former Hawkeye running back in eastern Washington. Chris Creighton, again, getting it done. It's your guy. He is an excellent coach with not a whole lot of resources there in uh, Ypsilanti. He gets it done. So that one, now Arizona State, you mentioned, how about Dion for that, Bama? Dion at Arizona State going to the big city? Could that work? Because Arizona State, this program in my lifetime, they should be a lot better than they've been these 42 years. No question. Well, yeah, I don't know how you don't get kids to want to come play at Arizona State. (laughs) I mean, my goodness. Um, But, yeah, listen, you mentioned the hire when it happened, and I can't remember exactly what. I just remember the the wording that the AD put out, and it was just sounded 
just so corporate and, you know, legal ease type of thing. Not that, hey, this is the best guy or we're thinking outside the box or anything. And it just didn't work out. And I don't know who, I don't know who they're going to get that. This is what I do know. I wouldn't have thought that Arizona would be the program on the rise uh, in that state. And they clearly are. Um, I don't know where Arizona State goes from here. And really, who cares? I mean, you know, they're just, <laughs> you're right. They're just, they've just kind of been adrift and an afterthought out there for, for a long, long time. Um, Listen, I mean, to me, the story, I mean, obviously we got USC, you know, big win over Fresno. Yep. And uh, the, here's what irritates me now, guys. I'm just going to get on my soapbox real quick. USC at Oregon State this week, right? Oregon State blows the doors. Pac-12 of network, State. baby. Pac-12 network <laughs> yeah. that we're not going to be able to see. Yep. I mean, are you kidding it's me, ridiculous. Pac-12? Put it on TV so somebody outside yep. of your three-state uh, you know, map can watch it. But, no, we're going to put it on the Pac-12 network, and nobody's going to be able to see it. And you want to know why people don't care. But, listen, I, I I watched a lot of Michigan State, Washington, and Penix is – I think he is the real deal for them out there. Mm-hmm. Almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. I think we knew Michigan State was way overrated at 11. They're probably – they might not even be a top 20, 25 team. They just – they do have a lot of – uh they got a lot of holes to fill. Bo Nix, you mentioned, that was a good win for Oregon. I'm taking nothing away from it. But here's Bo Nix's uh, stat line, guys. 13 out of 18, okay? When he throws the ball 18 times and you can run it, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. If he's going to put it up 35, he's going to give two or three under the other team. Yep. That's the formula for Oregon, okay? So, again, taking nothing away from it, BYU came in undefeated, ranked yep. number 12. Good win, nice two bounce backs from that debacle at Georgia opening the season. That's the formula if you're Oregon. But I'm looking forward to Washington and Oregon because all of a sudden I'm looking at my Huskies. Hmm. And, you know, they could be undefeated going there. They've got Stanford at UCLA, which will be played in front of nobody. Because, I mean, that game, oh, my gosh, the picture of that stadium at kickoff. What was it, 10,000 people in the Rose Bowl? Maybe. Then they've got the two Arizona schools and Cal. I mean (laughs) – that's you got a chance to go on a run if you're Washington. I mean, so and Penix again, I think's the real deal. So those are the two stories for me out there is uh, Oregon and Washington trying to fight for that second spot behind USC in the Pac-12. Uh, just real quick, Colorado Carl Durrell, who they would love to fire. He has an eleven million, eleven point seven million dollar buyout. It goes down to seven point whatever million. But here's the crazy part. It doesn't go down until January 1st. I don't understand why. Early, early signing days in yes. December. Why do yeah. athletic directors do they this? They just can't get out of their own way, some of these guys. $11 yeah. million dollars to, to buy out that Why didn't you give bond. that kind of money to Carl Dorrell anyway? Where else was he going? Right. And if he left somewhere... Yeah, I was, so was going to say, who was, not, who was beating down his Nobody. door? Just, you know? I mean, it's, They're it's a dumpster incredible. fire. That's awful. Guys, we're running out of time. Let's do the SEC. Trent, Jerry, your takeaway on the SEC was? Georgia. Oh, my God. Legit, aren't they? You know, and, and reading a couple of respected handicappers out there, hey, South Carolina's the play today. Yeah. And I kept looking at it and looking at it. Thank God I didn't pull the trigger there. Yeah. That is an absolute demolishing. And uh, I just looked yesterday... You can still get Stenson Bennett the fourth at twenty to one for the Heisman. Just saying. Yeah, it's worth it's worth a crack. I'm with you, Bama. Your thoughts? Uh, how about your Wildcats? Ken? Yes, you know, Youngstown uh, State, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You throw out the records anyway. Um, <laughs> Arkansas, I thought was man, boy, did they struggle with Bobby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, listen, 
Florida struggle with South Florida, and boy, do they have a game. They've got a tough spot going to Knoxville this week, 2.30 CBS. We'll talk about that one on Friday. Alabama, here's the thing about Alabama, guys. Forget the score, okay? They still have some issues, and it's, I don't think it's chemistry. I just think it's a lack of talent because you start looking at wideouts, and especially um, think of the guys they've had this in the last four or five years mm-hmm. of Judy and Ruggs and Waddle. Did you mm-hmm. see what he did yesterday? Mm-hmm. And what these guys are doing in the NFL, Smith. you know, Devontae Smith, yeah. uh, Mechie, Williamson, they don't have those guys anymore. I don't know that Alabama's going to lose any games this year, but they're going to be in a lot of tight games this year. I mean, Tennessee is going to be tight. I think Arkansas is going to be tight. A and M is going to be tight. They're going to they're going to play a lot tighter games than what they're used to. And then you get to the dumpster fire that is down on the plains. That is as dysfunctional of a situation as you will see ever in the sport. You have a coach that nobody wants there, maybe even including some of the players. The fans are upset. The administration doesn't want him. They can't afford to buy him out because, again, they're going to owe him $22.5, $23 million if they get rid of him this year. And they've already paid Gus Malzahn $30 million to go mm. away. Okay, And who else is going to want this job? Because say what you want about Harson. I think he's pretty respected in the coaching ranks. Okay, now you're seeing all the things about, hey, will Lane Kiffin take the job? Why in the hell would Lane Kiffin want to leave Ole Miss for Auburn? <laughs> because you just look at how dysfunctional it is, and coaches talk and agents talk, and you see all the crap going on down there. And, man, you'd have to pay Lane Kiffin, I think, $12 million bucks. But I've never seen an – I won't say never. It has been a long time since I've seen an Auburn team pushed around that way on both sides of the ball because you could usually always count – on Auburn to have a stout front seven, and they just got abused. And they've got nothing at quarterback, absolutely nothing in T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford. And, fellas, I'm going to tell you, it's about to get real ugly because they got Missouri this week, and that might be their only conference win when you look at their schedule because are they going to beat LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, or Alabama? Uh, I no. don't see it. I'd take Vandy over no. right now. On a neutral field, give me Vandy Vandy won this yeah, week, no, too. I, I would, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they, guys. They They're 3-1. and one. Uh, we, We're out of time. Who's number four, Trent? Michigan again. Michigan for you. Bama? Probably Michigan. I'm going to stick um, with USC. Yeah. Be a little more yeah, defensively. I want to. I want to see them again. I mean, God, oh, this Oregon State thing is going to bother me all week. I have to figure out a way to go to. I have to go to Sports Bar late and watch that somewhere that gets the Pac-12 Network because I want to see that game. That's at Corvallis, and I, I just want to see how they look there. And they've already done all had one real game at Stanford. I can get it on Where's your computer, Bam. I'll send you a link. Yeah, there you go. Make sure your uh, firewall is very good. Though. For it, I'm, yeah, if anybody can figure out how to pill for it, I'm sure it's you. Uh, good stuff. We'll talk to you Friday, Bam. Have a good week. Thank you. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob, uh, Trent and I go around college football. Scott Dockerman is next. We will uh, recap what went into the wee hours of the morning with Doc. He's going to join Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Wherever you get your podcast. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa.
sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Clock 17. After the storms hit central Iowa recently, you see companies from all over the country come to Iowa to take advantage of Iowans' misfortune. They're here today, gone tomorrow. You want to stick with companies you know. Companies like Wolf Roofing. You know Wolf Roofing will be here long after the storm. They've been here for over 25 years. Wolf Roofing and its employees are central Iowans just like you. When storms hit and misfortune happens, they take care of their own. Go to Wolf Roofing. 3 KXNO. Get ready to wrap up week two of the NFL slate with touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers, bet just $5 on any football game. You'll get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want more action, everyone can experience the thrill of the early win promotion at DraftKings. Simple, just bet on any NFL team to win tonight. If your team leads by 10 at any point in the game, you get paid instantly, even if that team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code KXNO. Again, $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code KXNO only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Slash radio. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's uh, 1135. Mike Evans, Tampa Bay wide receiver, suspended for one game for his actions yesterday. He'll miss the Green Bay game. What about Tom Brady? He started the whole thing. Ah, he's fine. He He'll get a couple looks... of days off. Something wrong, isn't there? Oh. Did you see? Did you watch early? That... Uh, some of it, yes. He was on the sidelines as the Saints were marching down that first possession. He was just staring off into space. He's... Um... Like, I thought I thought there was a change in the guard in the NFC North. That was well, my take last week. I'm going to stay away from the NFL takes. for, Anyways, uh, let's get Scott Dockerman in here. Doc, uh, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciated as always. So, Doc, let me, let me start. Was there any talk in the press box as the delay started to mount up and the minutes turned into hours? Uh, was there at, at all any point where they were close to either calling the game, which I guess they would have had to, uh, any of those conversations, Doc? Not really. We all asked, and uh, we're all basically told the same answer. We don't know, and I think the whole goal was to get the game in. I mean, that's quite a trip for yep. Nevada to come to Iowa City, and I think that they didn't want to get into the heavy discussion of whether or not it's a win for Iowa or a no contest, and certainly no, nobody wants a no contest decision. So that's r- largely what uh, ended up being the, the final verdict, that they're just going to wait it out. Doc, they got it in, got all 60 minutes, and got an official bet. Means that under cashed again for the third straight week for the Hawkeyes in a game that they participated in. Spencer Petrus was better. Still not great. Rewatching the game again last night, left a lot of throws out there. Your takeaway from the offense, it looked adequate at the very least. They took some shots up the field. I didn't think great. Your takeaway at the quarterback spot. Oh, I thought it was uh, his best performance, but not necessarily a great performance, mm-hmm. as you said. Uh you know, 14 to 26, I thought he missed some throws, but I also thought that a lot of the receivers looked very, very rusty. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the routes that they ran weren't necessarily good routes. And uh, I think that contributed to some of the incompletions. Now, how many, that's that's yet to be determined, and I don't know that we'll really get a good answer. But I would probably 
register a guess to say between three and five of the of the incompletions were probably more receiver related, just not being on the right uh, place, maybe not running the right way. I think a lot of that's again inexperience or or just rust from not playing so much. So uh, overall, I mean, I would give him a, a C. But that's clearly better than the first two games, no question. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Keegan Johnson uh, pl- played some, certainly seemed to be on somewhat of a snap count. Regani seemingly was in the football game more. Uh, after the game, Doc, uh, was, was Ferentz asked about the two uh, returning uh, wide receivers as far as how they got through and whether that indeed was the game plan to kind of ease them into the game in preparation for uh, the Big Ten schedule that begins this week? No, um, what happened was after the delay, um, you know, Keegan Johnson, which some people don't believe, actually has had a really tight hamstring, um, you know, throughout camp and going into the season. And, and that's what kept him on the sidelines the first two weeks. So when he went back in, uh, it tightened up on him. And that tends to happen with issues like that. And they just decided and he decided that he probably couldn't, didn't want to go and risk it. And, and they they agreed, and, and so he didn't uh, play after the the first delay. And then Nico Regani's issue was kind of like a, a small fracture of his foot, but he was able to heal much quicker, and he didn't seem to have any problems. And uh, at one point, uh, when he did catch the, I think it was the forty six yarder from Spencer Petrus, uh, you know, he was laying in the on the floor in the locker room, and that's what he was told. Look. We're gonna as soon as we get back into this, we're gonna hit you uh, on a long pass right out of the gate, and and so he was like, oh crap, I've got to, <laughs> I'm here laying around, I better start stretching out. So uh, he he felt fine, and he seemed pretty jovial, typical for Nico, who's who's kind of a uh, a fun guy to to be around. Running game has some problems still on that offensive line, but Caleb Johnson. Maybe he can cover up a couple of those holes on the offensive line. Impressive performance out of the freshman. Showed power on the first touchdown run. And then showed some speed beating a guy to the angle uh, for the second touchdown run. Your takeaway from the freshman out of Ohio. Really good game for Caleb Johnson. I thought that uh, his touchdown run, his first one, was was physical. It was the kind of Iowa run you need. You know, somebody who can break tackles and then beat people to the to the goal line. I thought that was uh, you know, really a big lift. And then, you know, as you said, the second one was more of an inside zone that he broke outside. He was able to, to, to outrace the, the defender to the end zone and, and not get touched there on the last 20 yards or so. So, uh, you know, big, big plays really helped this running game. But, but I think as we all witnessed, there are a lot of issues there on the offensive mm-hmm. line. And I don't know that they're getting them corrected. I think that I've seen, you know, on, significant times on where plays are being disrupted up front and i don't know that there are the many pieces that are up there are, are you know they're they found a unit yet so i think that's a that may be the biggest concern i have right now with this team is the offensive line and that's frankly the biggest disappointment as well because i expected that unit to come out and play much better than it has uh you know in any of the first three games well, certainly hard to find anything wrong with the defense against they get a shutout. And uh, Van Ness was uh, his usual disruptive self. Cooper DeGene is, well, it's hard to, to watch a hawk game and not see something that he's doing exceptionally well. They've really got something in this kid, Doc, don't they? He is tremendous. Um, you know, and, and just, a, you know, the, the typical small town guy that they ended up picking up and and he has just come in and he impacts the game on any snap, depending on where he plays. You know, he plays corner and then shifts over to 
the cash. And, and they didn't play hardly any 4-3 the other day. And part of that, I think, is, is Justin Jenkins, uh, Jacobs being out. And then I think, uh, you know, also you're playing a team that's, uh, you know, it's more geared probably towards throwing. And they wanted to make sure that that uh, he was available out there. And Terry Roberts is playing so well that you don't want to take him off the field. So I think all things told, he just does so many different things. And, and he almost had another interception in the first half and did have one uh, when he had one on the sidelines there. And then, of course, Terry Roberts had a pick six that was brought back after Chris Reeves was called offside. So that was kind of unfortunate for him. But all things told, I think those two guys have really stepped in and and uh, played at least as well as their predecessors. And, and in DeGene's case, that's at a pretty high level considering Dane Belton uh, had five tackles for the New York Giants yesterday. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. Hey, Doc, special teams, Tory Taylor was his usual good self, though he let one into the end zone early. He was outstanding. And Drew Stevens, really impressed by him. It's a couple of field goals and a weird night game there. But 10-10, fourth quarter next week in Piscataway. Is it going to be Drew Stevens, the one that trots out there for a potential uh, game-winning field goal? It will be, uh, at least this week. Uh, you know, I would expect it to be more like 6-6 rather than 10-10. <laughs> I, was, I was overstating that yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams would score a touchdown. But, <laughs> no, I think he's probably got a chance to, to be out there this week. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think what they're going to probably do here is more or less you know, they gave Aaron Blom two games. I think they're going to give Drew Stevens, you know, two games. And if Drew could go out there and make field goals in, in a different environment at night um, away from Kinnick Stadium, then I think, it, you know, he's going to probably put himself in position to win that job and and then, of course, come back and play Michigan. So that that's all going to uh, kind of take shape through the season. But I think he's certainly in the lead. He had a, a nice night, two field goals, one kind of a chip shot, if you will, and then also – and a 43-yarder that, that it wasn't so easy. So I think he he's definitely on top of that one, and he does he has the leg, and that's why he's also the kickoff specialist too. Doc, help me out with the Big Ten West. Uh, certainly some uh, some topsy turvy, some up and down, some bad football. I mean, Purdue Syracuse they had they scored 42 points in the fourth quarter. Purdue just get, gifted them 30 yards worth of penalties. Nebraska's Nebraska. They're in big trouble. Otzen Bell's now out for the year in Minnesota. Northwestern. Eh. Um, might it be at the end of the day? I mean, somebody's going to win. I, I guess if I reevaluated it now, maybe I'd put Wisconsin back up there where they were in the preseason, which was we thought the team to beat. How do you see the Big Ten West at this point? Um, yeah, that's a good question because I'm trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> I think right now you've got to go with probably Wisconsin. They're the default choice. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback. I, I thought going into the season that. Whoever plays better between Graham Mertz and uh, and uh, Spencer Petras would probably lead the, the would end up helping their team win the division. Well, um, Mertz is playing better, and so you got to go there. Plus, they can run the ball, and they have uh, an offensive line that's competent, and I think that's going to give them the edge on Iowa, uh, Minnesota. I also think uh, maybe before Ottman Bell went down, I I thought maybe they'd be number one. I think they're right there. They have a great running game too, and. And uh, but I don't know that they're as, as qualified on defense as Iowa or, or Wisconsin. So I kind of think it's between the, among those three teams. I wouldn't rule out Purdue certainly because they, as we know, and, and Iowa City all too well that they can um, styles make fights, and, and there's certainly mm-hmm. has trouble for Iowa every year. But they haven't beaten Wisconsin in like their last 15 times. Mm-hmm. So 
I'd probably go Badgers, and then the next group is kind of among those three, and I think any of the three can probably finish second or fourth. Final thing for me, Doc, late in the game, everybody's in there, all the backups, the third-teamers, even the fourth-teamers, yet Spencer Petras ended up taking every snap. Anything to take away, anything to read into it is on your list of questions for Kirk tomorrow, please. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I really don't think it's that big of a deal to hand off, uh, what was it, every play but one mm-hmm. um, of <laughs> that last six and a half minutes of the game to, to Jazz one Patterson. I mean, it, it was really nasty. It was wet and gross out there. I'm not going to say one way or the other. I didn't really think about it, to be honest with you, because, again, you know, Jazz won Patterson, ran the ball six times, and it was third and three, and, he, and it was an incomplete pass. But, um, you know, if the 27 to nothing lead was maybe earlier in the third quarter, or, or you know, then I, I think maybe you look at it that way. But, you know, I guess uh, I guess we could ask that question, Trent, or you're, you're, you can make it over here. You can I could. Yeah. Good stuff. Scott Dockerman. Doc, great. Uh, anything at The Athletic you'd like to uh, promote before we let you go this week? What do you got cooking? Yeah, we've got a, a segment called uh, Fact or Myth, and we do discuss all the, the teams going on or all the things going on with each team. And, and I think, uh, you know, this one is, is going to be really interesting with Iowa is kind of deciding whether or not this defense is better than last year's or if the quarterback position is solved or the kicker is solved. And, and so we're kind of doing that. And then, of course, we're getting ready for the probably the greatest punting punt off that we've ever seen yeah. this Saturday in, in Rutgers. Indeed. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Doc. Enjoy New Jersey. All right. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman as we take a look at the Hawks. Well, Mr. Monday Night's got a pair of tilts tonight. 6 o'clock and 7.30. We'll see if he's got an opinion on either of those two. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Well, Murph and Andy sent you. You've been waiting for it, and now it's here. Fat Charlie's now open in Urbandale, an upscale sports bar with over 50 TVs. A brunch menu available every day starting at 9. On the weekends, free pancakes for kids. And don't forget about the Bloody Mary and Mimosa Bar. You want pizza while watching the game? Fat Charlie's has fresh homemade dough. Make your way to Fat Charlie's. A hundred... Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, early game ESPN. Uh, Buffalo hosting Tennessee, 7.30 on ABC. It's the Vikings and the Eagles. And here's Mr. Monday Night. Mr. Monday Night is undefeated on the season, and he's got a double-fisted play for you. We kick things off. Give me the Titans plus 10. It's too much. Bills look great on Thursday. Titans look awful. Bounce back factor. Overreaction of week one. We will go with that line and grab the 10 with the Titans. Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football. Yuck. Eagles at home. They've covered five straight. Yeah, we're going to go with that route. Eagles minus the two and a half. Titans plus the 10. Mr. Monday Night goes to 3-0 and tonight.
All right, Mr. Monday. Now, I kind of like the Vikings. I'm with you on Tennessee grabbing the points, but we'll see. I think they're going to be good games. You are on two underdogs tonight? What is going on? I just realized I am. This is... Grabbing the points. Are you okay? You sick? <laughs> uh, Murph and Annie coming up in an hour and five minutes. The KXNO Drive with Heather Burns.